Guys, it's time to talk about cladding on your building in Queensland. So when I say cladding, I'm talking about that terrible, nasty type of cladding, which uh, was a factor in the Grenfell Tower fire overseas not so long ago. We now have some dates. There's been some legislation that will shortly come into effect, and, and these are the key dates if you want to write these down. First of all, the regulation comes into effect on the 1st of October this year. There's now going to be a requirement that buildings are registered, not every building. The buildings that have to be registered are a class two to a class nine. They're a type A or a type B construction and they have to have been built or they've had their cladding altered after the 1st of January, 1994, but before the 1st of October, 2018. If your building falls into that area, then your building must be registered with the QBCC and a combustible cladding checklist must be completed. Now, uh, you've got up until the 29th of March 2019 to get that done. The theory at this point in time is that most uh, bodies corporate are going to have a building professional complete that checklist for them. It's not go on the internet, just do it, no worries. There's actually a bit of a process involved. For example, the building has to be registered. Then the combustible cladding checklist has to be completed. Then most importantly, there's a signed and witnessed checklist. To me, that suggests that it, it's a, a document that's sworn. It might be a statutory declaration or something like that. So this is where people that are on the committee may well be advised to get an outside third party who has professional indemnity insurance to undertake this service for the body corporate rather than just having a go themselves. The theory is that if you've got a whole lot of people on the committee who answer the checklist questions with I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, that will automatically escalate you up part two and probably part three of the proceedings because it looks like it's going to be a three-part process. The second part is due on the 29th of May next year. You have to have engaged a building industry professional. You have to have completed the combustible cladding checklist part two of it, upload and signed, again, witnessed uh, checklist and a building industry professional statement. Depending upon what type of building you have, you may find yourself in category three, which is having to engage a fire engineer and register the fire engineer's details. If that has to take place, it'll be by the 27th of August, 2019. Then there'll be a third checklist. Again, has to be upload, signed, witnessed, fire engineer statement, all of that sort of thing. So at this point in time, there are a number of uh, let's call them uh, generously report writers in inverted commas out there spruiking reports for $1,500 a pop or $3,000 a pop, whatever the case may be. The idea is that uh, wait until the regulations come into effect on the um, 1st of October before racing out to get these reports. You'll need to check that the person that is going to write the report for the body corporate has the insurance to do so, obviously, but also make sure that they've got the requisite experience. Um, somebody that writes sinking funds probably shouldn't be writing this type of report. 
I have One Body Corporate where we currently have a quote from a fire engineer to write a report. We also have a, a second quote from another company that has fire engineers working for them. We're in the process of comparing those reports at the moment. There's an option there to have a building industry professional instead do it, but we're just waiting for that 1st October deadline to arrive before we issue the work order. Uh, This is a long topic, so I am gonna do volume two because a lot of interesting things have arisen as a result of the building community, the QBCC, taking five minutes and asking themselves what, what all of this cladding actually means. Guys, this is volume two of cladding. So sitting in front of a RPEQ fire engineer with a number of miles on the clock today was absolutely brilliant. I got to ask him a lot of questions. He was able to discuss some of the unexpected side effects of this whole cladding debacle. So one thing that was particularly interesting was people are concerned about cladding on the outside of a building being flammable. Yes, there's always the issue of that cladding catching fire and landing on the people underneath as they're trying to evacuate or just move along the street, so that's an issue. And there's an issue in terms of the amount of uh, debris that is often left when it gathers on the sidewalk and whether that isn't to an acceptable level that people can still evacuate. That's obviously a factor. Then he said something that I nearly fell off my chair. He said, there's quite a lot of buildings around and it's been the fashion for quite some time to have all glass on the outside of your building effectively a glass wall so that people have those beautiful views that they want uh, of their city that glass doesn't pass the test that we're asking now the cladding to pass so have a think about that how many buildings do you drive past uh, on a bus or perhaps you're on a train or perhaps you're driving in in the morning to work if you're in the city have glass all around the outside and that glass melts falls down it's not going to it does not pass muster which we are asking building cladding to now do this is very concerning he said that it's been interesting now trying to work out well what is a wall how do you how do you define a wall what is what is the outside skin of a building i think that there's this impression out there that cladding is this interesting facade that goes over the top of the skin of the building perhaps the building is brick or it's fibrous cement or or whatever it is. And then there's this cladding over the top. Sometimes it's for a beautiful architectural effect. Uh, Sometimes it's for other, you know, other reasons. He's actually come across buildings where that panelling that's on the outside is the outside skin of the building. So if you picture this, you peel back that layer of cladding, then you have an amount of insulation you remove that insulation and then you'll be presented with gyprock. And if you poke your finger hard enough through the gyprock, you'll be able to look in on somebody's bedroom or their lounge room or their kitchen. So that's that's a scary thought that the outside of your building might just be cladding and nothing more. And you might not be aware of that because the plans that the council has, the plans that the certifiers received say that the outside wall is is made of something completely different and yes there's cladding there but it's on top of that so as a result of those issues arising uh, the building industry the qbcc fire engineers of which apparently there's only about 90 in queensland so 
<laughs> start making calls now, <laughs> they are having to consider things that have previously gotten a free pass. Well, if we're worried about the cladding going up, what are we doing about carpet? What about paint? Paint is flammable, surely. Do we now have a requirement that only certain types of paint be used inside of a building? What about gyprock? Now, the inside of gyprock, that hard compressed stuff is, is fire retardant, but the paper on the outside of the gyprock that holds it all together, that's paper. Paper's highly flammable. And traditionally, gyprock inside of a building has not, there's been no questions about, it's, it just doesn't come up as needing to be fire rated. Do you know what I mean? So these are very concerning things, and this is giving the building industry pause to think about, well, how, how do we go from here? One of the things that this fire engineer suggested earlier today was that potentially the list of things that owners and bodies corporate will be able to do without running it by a council, without getting a building approval um, officially signed off, is going to shrink dramatically, he thinks. He, he suspects that the council is going to want people to get certification even for simple things like you've now decided to move that fire extinguisher from that wall to a different wall. Therefore, you've changed the distance between fire extinguishers in the, in the scheme. So now that's, that's a building approval. You need to lodge that in a council and have a fire engineer sign off on the fact that you've done that. It's just a whole, a, a tin or thousands of tins upon tins of worms being opened up uh, I don't really see an end to it, to be honest. One of the things that he also talked about was how do we think this is going to impact? Is the QBCC going to start coming after the parties that are at fault? His thoughts are that the, the QBCC are keen to start making examples of people. Um, having headlines on the front page of the Courier Mail looks good for them. Look at us. We're doing something about this terrible cladding. We're, you know, we're really getting in there. We're sorting out the people that have rotted the system. He thinks that that's a possibility. But at the end of the day, my experience is that quite often you will have a company that's set up to do the building of a scheme. And then once that's done, that company's deregistered no longer exists. Or if it does exist, <laughs> it will be a $2 shelf company. And guess how much money you get if you sue a $2 shelf company? Yeah, $2, but but you have to pay a whole lot of money in order to get there to realise that $2 and you have to be successful along the way. So I think ultimately Bodies Corporate are going to be funding, I really don't want to say that, but I, I think Bodies Corporate are going to be funding these panels being replaced. They'll do that through special levies, they'll do that through strata loans and it's just going to become potentially a fact of life but we need to get to the bottom of it. So tomorrow I'll be going to work and looking through my buildings and starting to, to get on top of who it is that I need to approach and approaching my committees to get their consent and approval to start asking um, fire professionals to come out and assess these buildings so that my committee members aren't being asked to sign off on them because, of course, my committee members aren't to the best of my knowledge, most of them aren't builders or fire engineers. So we need, we need some assistance there. I'll keep you posted and I'm, I'm hopeful I will have a better news or at least I'll have an update of my experience going through this.
and maybe we'll learn something from that.